I'm Claire Sands, one of the co-hosts of the Silent Why podcast. Welcome to this week's My Why, the audio version of my weekly blog on thesilentwhy.com. And as it's my first week of the month, I'm continuing my To Everything There Is A Season series with the month of May. The Season of May. In my blog, To Everything There Is A Season, an overview of the months of the year, I said this. May can be beautiful. I say can because nothing is guaranteed with British weather. But on the whole, it's one of our driest months. Well, after a lovely start to spring, the first day of May was wet, cold and grey. So there we go, people. The British weather for you. However, despite the false start, May is a beautiful month and technically the last month of spring in the UK. So the garden is just bursting with new life. There's the remains of daffodils, tulips and cherry blossom as they start to fade and coming through in the next phase of growth are leaves unfolding, climbers reaching upwards, bushes are bushing, creepers are creeping and there's a myriad of colour that's peeking through the greenery. My next job is to try and remember what is what. I've only just remembered I planted some allium bulbs last year for the first time, and as they shot up, I thought they were late tulips until I saw some in the garden centre and realised what I'd done last year. So nature is certainly continuing to entice us in. If March is when you're in the theatre and the music from the orchestra starts up and you all sit back and take note and feel the magic of a live performance, then May is when the cast arrive on the stage and the excitement just ramps up a notch. Chris and I got married at the end of May and it was a boiling hot day. We booked this particular weekend because my adopted auntie, currently 102 years old, has her birthday on the last day of May and has sworn blind her birthday always has good weather. I know this isn't exactly true every year, but she did get a lot of nice birthdays, so it's generally a safe bet for weddings in my experience. This year, Chris and I will have been married 17 years, which is pretty scary. Last month, Mark has been together for 20 years now. If we'd have had children when we thought we would, they'd now be around 14 years old. And I can tell you that time is harder to see moving on when you don't have that physical reminder of it running around and maturing. Anyway, back to May in the UK. So long as we Brits get some sunshine soon, we'll all start to perk up after the winter months. Currently, having been given a glimpse of summer on the horizon, only for May to remind us that we do not live in a hot country with guaranteed seasons, we are awaiting the break into warmer days and nights. The present feel is a bit like when a firework shoots into the air and the crowd goes, <gasps> only to find it fizzles out with a tiny pop and you hear a sad sort of, oh. We were hopeful for sun. Now we are disappointed with the cold, but we will rise again. It's what we do. Endlessly hope for sunshine. However, I do have two bits of good news to share in this episode, both relating to things I mentioned previously in this series. In my blog about the month of April, I shared with you, and therefore hopefully with my husband when he heard it, that I had big plans for a hedgehog highway hole in the fence to see if I could tempt some passing hogs in. According to hedgehogstreet.org, we appear to have lost over half of our hedgehogs from the countryside since the millennium alone. My motives were to help the little fellas, of course, but also slightly selfishly, I do love animals, and I also wanted to share with them the unplanned breeding site that I've created for slugs, in the hope they might either scare them away or eat a few. Anyway, I went ahead and ordered a hedgehog highway plastic outline for the hole in the shape of a hedgehog. I'll put a photo on the blog. When I first floated the idea, Chris was reluctant to cut a hole in the fence because we're on a housing estate, so it's hard to see how a hedgehog would even find us. I was tempted to agree, but I was undeterred. 
My plan was for him to hear on the podcast that I'd ordered the Hedgehog Highway. He would chuckle to himself in the car and I wouldn't have to have the serious let's cut a hole in the fence chat again. Well, as most great plans in marriages go, it didn't work out. The Hedgehog Highway turned up in the post with the branding all over it before he had heard the blog and unfortunately he collected the post that day shouting, what's this? As he's a good-humoured fellow and one that is great at focusing on a task once it's in front of him, and because it was now out in the world on a podcast, we cut a hole in the fence and put a small bowl of hedgehog food, yes, they sell that in garden centres, out for the hedgehogs. I also put some on the inside and the outside of the hole to tempt the hogs inside. I knew if they came in, they'd love it because it's a very wildlife-friendly garden full of delicious things for hedgehogs. We also inherited small outdoor Wi-Fi cameras with the house, so we put those on a tripod and placed it very conspicuously in a plant pot to monitor the situation overnight. We hoped, we prayed, and I endured Chris multiple times performing the famous one-liner that won the Edinburgh Festival in 2009. Hedgehogs. Why can't they just share the hedge? So we lay in wait. Day one. The food was touched, but we never knew what by and some of it was rudely regurgitated in various places. I had slight nervous thoughts that I might have killed one. Day two. We realised a local cat had got in on the act, so a water bottle was placed on the windowsill on the floor above the food, awaiting his return. Day three. I started covering the food with a cardboard and bin liner makeshift feeding station that only a hog could get into. When we woke up the next morning, the camera had been triggered three times between 2 and 3am, and it was indeed a hedgehog. Chris watched the black and white footage in bed when he woke up and it's the closest I've seen him to shock for quite a while. I'll put photos and the video on the blog. And almost every night, he, she or another one entirely have been back since. We even watched one from the patio doors the other night just two feet away from where he or she was eating. I think it's a he and he's now referred to as Herbert because he liked to be around the herb pots. I've since made him a permanent water bowl to use and Chris very kindly went ahead and purchased a hedgehog house from Nest Guest who make houses for hogs from 100% recycled plastic here in the UK. I can't see how I'll know if he goes in there but I've put leaves and straw in and I'm shooting high and hoping for hoglets which apparently were called urchins before the 1900s which makes me love them even more. I'll keep you posted on hedgehog news throughout the year. My second piece of good news is something I mentioned on the March blog. The amazing Dawn Chorus, which starts in March but reaches its peak in May. Well, I promised I would try and capture some for you, and capture it I did. Well, we did. My first attempt was on my phone, hanging out of the window at 5.15am, and it wasn't bad, but the road noise was busier than I anticipated in the background. So Chris set his alarm and got up to start it recording on the podcast microphone, aimed at an open window between 4.30am and 6am, and got a much better rendition of birds singing in the dark and into sunrise. So just like I played you some waves in the blog Think or Swim to Enjoy, here's some early morning British dawn chorus from Gloucestershire. On May, among the changing months, May stands confessed the sweetest and in fairest colours dressed, 
Soft as the breeze that fans the smiling field, Sweet as the breath that opening roses yield, Fair as the colour lavish nature paints, And virgin flowers free from unodorous taints. To rural scenes thou temptest the busy crowd, Who in each grove thy praises sing aloud. The blooming bells and shallow bow, strange sight, Turn nymphs and swains, and in their sports delight. James Thompson's words, not mine. There are many expressions, poems, songs and quotes that talk about the month of May. Maybe two of the most famous are from Shakespeare. Shall I compare thee to a summer's day? Thou art more lovely and more temperate. Rough winds do shake the darling buds of May, and summer's lease hath all too short a date. And the song My Girl from The Temptations. I've got sunshine on a cloudy day with My Girl. I've even got the month of May. Here's a few more. Fennel Hudson said, May, more than any other month of the year, wants us to feel most alive. Nicholas Breton said, It is now May. It is the month wherein nature hath her fill of mirth and the senses are filled with delights. I conclude it is from the heavens a grace and to earth a gladness. And an old English ballad goes like this. Was in the merry month of May when flowers were a-bloomin'. Sweet William on his deathbed lay, for the love of Barbara Allen. I have no idea who Sweet William is or Barbara Allen, and it doesn't quite rhyme, but it all sounds very romantic. Personally, I'm finding May to be a time of reflection. As the weather warms and nature blossoms, I'm drawn outside increasingly. Be it the bright sky or the gentle breeze through the window or just stepping into the garden, I find I get a new perspective the further I look from the norm of everyday life. My gaze is automatically lifted from myself and I'm invited to look around and broaden my horizons. And I catch myself reassessing, thinking, pondering and considering life. It causes me to look back and reflect on how far I've come. Acknowledge how disappointed I am that not enough has moved on for me or us. That I wanted more out of life. That I'm not where I thought I'd be and I'm not who I want to be, yet. I find myself a bit saddened that there are no small hands and feet in our family to teach about the wonder and the feel of nature, and as I imagine sharing a moment with a child as they experience some part of nature for the first time, and I get to live that moment of awe all over again with them, I'm torn between sorrow and beauty, because for me, for some reason, so many beautiful things and experiences are now slightly tinged with grief. But even as I entertain those thoughts, I'm distracted by the wonder of now, and a hedgehog snuffling round my garden, the loud song of a small robin as it perches on my fence, a water boatman skating across the pond, or a bee fly visiting my cherry tree. They are amazing creatures. And the reflection back on winter, on life, takes a new shape for me, as if spring is sharpening my gaze, twisting the binoculars to bring things into focus. And I ponder that really, now I'm standing in spring, the winter wasn't that long for me, nor as dark as it felt when I was in it. I have survived this far, and that gives me a sense of achievement. And even as I weigh this, I find hope, joy, possibility and wonder fighting their way to the surface, waving furiously at me as if to say, don't forget about us. And I find that hope is more buoyant than fear, joy is stronger than sorrow, possibility squashes despondency, and wonder wafts away apathy. And I am reminded that the very definition of the word may is to express possibility, I may have a chunk of marzipan to eat after my lunch and introduce hope. One day, 
may you also hear a hedgehog snuffling in your garden. Edwin Wade Teal says, The world's favourite season is spring. All things seem possible in May. I then find my pondering moves from past and present to future. And that's where I find there is the possibility of hope, joy and wonder and a whole host of wonderful things that may happen. I may have a book traditionally published one day. I may reach thousands of people with the podcast and help them get through loss. I may make new friends with lives that fit mine. I may regain full health and be the person I know I can be. I may reach that point of complete peace without children in my life. I may get to see new wonders of nature in foreign countries. I may get to live many happy years with Chris before one of us dies. I may get to hear a panda eating in real life. I've become a bit obsessed with watching videos of pandas eating on Instagram for the relaxing sound they make. Of course, it goes the other way. I may die this year, and Chris may have to do the podcast episode on that loss for you all by himself. But that's not what I'm focusing on today. I may focus on that another time, but probably in dreary November. So my hope for you in May is that you find a way to also reflect, see how far you've come, find the beauty in where you are, and see what possibilities and wonder lay ahead. No one knows what the future holds. There's no point projecting sorrow, sadness and doom into it. You may as well project joy, love, peace, acceptance and good yummy things. Some author called Ernest, and I cannot pronounce his surname without probably insulting him, but you can check the blog for it, said this, based possibly on the saying, make hay while the sun shines. Make hay in May, for you may never know what June is coming with, and you may never know what July will present. When you see May, make hay. I'm going to leave you with an Irish prayer, originally written in the Irish Gaelic language, which although not about May specifically, has May all over it. May the road rise to meet you. May the wind be always at your back. May the sun shine warm upon your face. The rains fall soft upon your fields. And until we meet again, may God hold you in the hollow of his hand.